Welcome to the Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics. By following the example of the Book of Acts Church, see how they did things, how the Lord showed them to do things, we follow that example. And I believe that in doing so, we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. That's what the porch has always been about. It's not about building a... um, buildings or ministering. It's about living out the gospel as a community of believers who shake the world one last time for the return of the King. If you'd like to support us, go to firefalltalkradio.com. There's ways to do that. If you'd like to write us, you can use the contact button there, or you could use our email address, the porch, one word, lowercase, at firefall talkradio.com. Welcome to all of our listeners. And once again, I forgot the new opening so far. Trying to get a new sound engineer, but I'm just joking. Um, Right before we went on the air, Spreaker's uh, studio panel did some kind of hiccup. And the fact that I'm even here is a blessing. So bear with me. Firefall Network on YouTube up and running. Two testimony times from Porchlight, one with Larry Barrett, one with Joe Citroner up there. Take a look, share them, subscribe, let people know about us. We start out everything with praise reports and prayer requests. If you don't want to be a part of that, go right to the sound of the shofar before the Bible study and right into the Bible study. But this is what we praise him, we pray. Sometimes people send in things to ask for prayer. I will offer things, but this is the community part. If you want to be a part of that, go to firefalltalkradio.com, write us, use the address, whatever it is. If you send it to me before 6 o'clock on Wednesday, it will make it into this time frame. Of course, I praise them for my home, for my salvation. Without that, I don't have this home, don't have my wife. Don't have my sons, don't have daughter-in-laws, don't have my grandson. He died so that I could have all those things, but most of all, be reconciled to my Heavenly Father. I'm thankful for that. I praise Him for that, for the technology, everything that we're using here, for the ability to be here with you and to share the Word and to share with you the things He gives me. I praise Him for the provision Now, I know a lot of people pray for prosperity. Well, we're supposed to prosper as our soul prospers. So that's the first place that you want to have prosperity is internally. If he wants to give it to you externally, that's up to him. Praise him for the protection that he offers us, for the relationship that he's given us, for the dreams and the visions, which is the information he shares with us in accordance with with his promises, especially Joel 2.28. Praise him for his healing virtues. No matter where you are right now in the healing process, they are available to you. Pray, believe, and receive. I praise him for his favor, his divine abiding favor that comes from relationship, for the revelation of the Holy Spirit that comes from the Word, comes in prayer, sometimes comes directly to us. That he has made us new creations. And as new creations, 
we get to participate in the prophetic times that we're living in. That's what we pray. Psalm 122, verse 6 is pray for the peace of Jerusalem and they prosper who love you. Doesn't matter what you think about politics, doesn't matter what you think about all those things. Israel is the apple of his eye, Jerusalem is his holy city, the Jews are his children. And we have been grafted into that vine. So I pray for them. Pray for their protection. Pray for their leadership. I pray for America's protection and leadership. That he would forgive us. That he would shed his grace upon us. I pray for the people all around the world that are being victimized by their leaders. The Lord warned us these days would come and they're here. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted and the martyred. The poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, the innocents, and those that are victims of injustice. As we talked about last week, there will be no justice until he comes back. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb, both human and animal. I pray for the missing and exploited children, the victims of human trafficking. I pray that they would be saved physically saved spiritually, healed and delivered, and those that do such things would be held accountable. Pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith, having their homes destroyed, their places of worship destroyed. Pray against the growing religious persecution, the anti-Semitism, the attacks against the church, They say right now the most persecuted group in the world are Christians. I've always said that when the Lord comes back, as it was for the Jews in his day, will be both for the Jews and the church when he comes back. I pray for us to rise up and push back against the Antichrist. Pray for people to wake up, rise up, that we would be healed, that we would have divine health, and wholeness in our bodies, in our minds, in our hearts, our souls, and our spirit, for divine protection. If you you need that right now, pray. If you have a need, pray. Reach out to him. Go directly to him. And the remnant that I speak to, that you're a part of, praying that you'd wake up even more than you are now that you'd get in the Word, that you'd get before Him in prayer. That all the doors that we've prayed for would be open so that we can go do what He's called us to do in 2022. Pray for our lost family members. What is the point if we go to eternity without them? Offer them up right now by name. Father, we come to you right now on behalf of the people being mentioned. Friends, family members, people we care about that do not know you personally, whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We pray for them to come into the kingdom. We pray for somebody to speak to them, for an angel to go to them, for you, Lord, to visit them in dreams, in visions. We're asking, we're believing, we're claiming them into 
the kingdom to spend eternity with you in Yeshua's name. Keep all the community in your prayers. Some are going through various things, some that can be shared, some that can't. If you go before the Lord and say, Lord, I bring the porch community before you, he will know who you're talking about. But the only person that specifically sent anything in is Kim in Fort Mitchell, says, I praise him for my salvation and recovery. Praise him for loving me unconditionally. That means he loves me no matter how many times I fail. Father, help me to forgive others like you forgive me when I fall. Please help me see through your eyes instead of mine. Protect and guide my children, keep my family safe, as well as the porch families. My Heavenly Father, I'm praying for my friend Stacy and her children, praying protection over them in favor. Guide Stacy, take her hand when she's afraid, and heal her heart as well as the children's. Praying for my mother's soul, praying for my husband's soul. Father, I'm still struggling with the little girl in her area that was brutally sexually assaulted and murdered. It turns out her mother was in on it. She's been charged. Kim just asking for understanding. Lord, and I don't think we're ever going to get that here, but she's praying for the family. Says, priests, protect your children from this evil in Jesus' name. Lord, guide us. Help us to know what is our responsibility and what burdens we should carry. Help us to know how to pray. Help us to know when to pray. Holy Spirit, that's what you do. And I'm asking for that right now. Father, we love you. We thank you. We adore you. We worship you and you alone. We thank you for sending Yeshua, your only begotten Son, to die for us. He is our Savior. He's our Lord, our Master, our King. He's everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us so much that you did that, that you wanted a relationship with us, and that through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we can spend time with you. And many of the people listening and those in the porch community, they need that. Some of them need a direct yank from you into the throne room, like you did for me so many years ago. They need to feel that. Holy Spirit, thank you. Have your way. Do whatever you want to do tonight. Say whatever you want to say. Make sure what I say is what you want to say. Bless and protect the technology. Thank you for keeping us on the air when it looked like it was going to shut down. Let's receive this word, Lord. Let us let us go forth in the power of your name to do the things that you want us to do. I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. If you agree with me, say, Amen. Lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information.
lot going on in the world right now. Boy, is that an understatement. There's a feeling of despair, hopelessness. People are burdened, beaten, weighed down. It's all around us. People have been strong and filled with faith. Many are now fighting depression and this hopelessness. We see suicides, prescription drug on the rise, drug addictions are up, opiate use is up. Some of that because of this supposed pandemic, which was meant to instill fear and hopelessness in people, and it hasn't diminished. The media won't let it. Christmas came, and people are now in debt. They're missing people. They weren't able to spend time with them because they didn't have the right medicine. That's all I'm going to say. You know what I'm talking about. So many things weighing us down right now. Not the least of which the spiritual things, the prophetic things we see, the family members we know that are are lost. It becomes a heavy blanket that covers us and pushes us to the ground. It gets to the point you can't breathe, you can't move. And then you just finally get to a place where you don't want to move. You shouldn't, but you despair of even life itself. You see, despair inspires a hopelessness that takes us over until we don't want to live anymore. It's a horrible, dark place to be. And we, as believers in Yeshua, should never be there, but it happens. We become hopeless. Well, first of all, what is hope? The Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary says hope is trustful expectation, particularly with reference to the fulfillment of God's promises. Biblical hope is the anticipation of a favorable outcome under God's guidance. More specifically, Hope is the confidence that God, that what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what God will do in the future. And this contrasts starkly with the world's definition of hope, which is a feeling that what is wanted will happen. The Vine's Complete Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament Words says hope is a noun and a verb. It means favorable and confident expectation, trust. It has to do with the unseen and the future. Romans 8, verses 24 and 25. For we were saved in this hope. But what hope that is not... Let me, let me back up here. I want, I want to tell you that if you're not doing this, when I read a scripture... Make a note next to it. Download the, the Bible studies. Take notes. Have a highlighter. Whether you're using even digital, you can highlight things. But that word hope, you want to know it. You want to be able to find it. Go to BibleGateway.com and just put hope in the, in the search. And it will pull up all the scriptures about it. 
For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await for it with perseverance. That's what the book of Acts Church did. And that's what every believer has done since then. It's a happy anticipation of good. Titus 1-2, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. 1 Peter 1-21, who through him, the him being the H, Yeshua, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and your hope are in God. It's the ground. Hope is the ground in which we stand. 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Messiah in you, the hope of glory. There it is. Messiah in you, the hope of glory. If you're hopeless, if you're in despair... You've forgotten where your hope is. But it can also be taken away. Even from the kingdom of darkness, we see that in Acts 16, verses 16 through 19. When Paul is preaching and the slave girl with the spirit of divination follows them and keeps crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaimed the way to salvation. And she did this for days, and even though she was telling the truth, it wasn't to spread the truth. It was to take the attention away from them and put it on her. But Paul, greatly annoyed, and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, and drag them into the marketplace to the authorities. See, we get hope from the kingdom of God. The enemy loses hope. The hope we have is fixed. It's permanent. First Timothy 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Yeshua, Amashiach, Jesus the Messiah, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus the Messiah, our hope. See, I keep telling you, the name of this Bible study is Where is your hope? I keep telling you where it is. Your hope is in God. Your hope is in the Lord. It's not in this world. It's not in a fallen world system. It's not in a legal system. It's in Him and Him alone. So what is despair? Despair is used in the New Testament in a passive voice to be utterly without a way, to be quite at a loss, without resource. Second Corinthians one eight. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. See, they know. They felt it. They went through it, but they held on. See, 
hopelessness leads to despair. And don't beat yourself up, and there is no condemnation if you've been there. I've been there. We've all been there. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long you've been in ministry or not in ministry. It happens. 2 Corinthians 4, starting with verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Adonai Yeshua, Lord Jesus, that the life of Yeshua also may be manifested in our body. From Genesis to Revelation, we see examples for you to seek out when you get into this mindset, when your heart becomes heart sick, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You have your examples. You have your source material. But I'll tell you, the moments I've gotten into this place has been because I've wallowed in it. Because I've held on to it. Because I've dwelled on to it to the point that it it mentally becomes an obsession. If you're going through something difficult right now, the worst thing that you could do is obsess about it and focus on it and keep it in front of your eyes nonstop. Take a break. Turn on some praise music. Get before the Lord. Psalm 88, verses um, 1 and 2, and then 13 and 15. It's a prayer for help and despondency. O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. But to you I have cried out, O Lord, and in the morning my prayer comes before you. Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I've been afflicted and ready to die from my youth. I suffer your treasures. I am distraught. This is a prayer from somebody who knows of him, has a relationship to him through Israel, but is not born again, does not have the spirit inside of them, is not directly connected to the throne room. You can get so caught up in fighting, pushing, striving, and struggling that finally all your energy is gone. You just want to sleep. That's why people sleep when they become depressed. Some of them want to sleep forever. And the enemy is glad to bring you to that point and keep you there. He'll bring everything that is needed to get you to that place. You need to recognize his patterns because they never change. But at that point, you will want to crawl up into a fetal position and just wait for the Lord to take you home. Larry and I were talking about this yesterday. 
I can tell you right now, I see it in social media. I see it in the messages. I see it everywhere I go in the stores. There's a feeling of despair. There's a feeling of hopelessness. That nothing's going to change. It's not going to get better. Well, I know it will because I know at some point the Lord comes back. So I know it'll get better. It may not get better in the natural. I don't know. The ear ticklers are saying things right now that I will tell you do not line up with what I hear in prayer or when I pray with Larry. The Lord has confirmed more than once that they're speaking from their flesh. So be it. But I will tell you this. If you listen to the ear tickler and their words don't come true, what do you think that does to you? Despair is a hopelessness. We shouldn't be there. It squeezes you like the like a giant snake, a python, squeezing the life out of you, which is what the spirit of python does. It squeezes you. At those moments, now I can say this many years later, I stopped striving. I stop stop fighting, and I cry out to the Lord. I speak out his name. I take that hope that is in me through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I activate it. I regain the joy of the Lord, which is my strength, and I want to live. I declare that I will live and not die and see the glory of the Lord. See, whatever you hope for, whatever you speak out, whatever you believe is what you will get. And I'm not talking name it and claim it or the secret of some manifestation. What I'm saying is the power of life and death is in your tongue. What you speak, what you declare is what gets acted upon. And the enemy is waiting to hear what you say. I have I, I known people, and I've shared this already, who got to the place where living was no longer a possibility for them. And most of them at the point that they did what they did were under the influence of the demonic. They were overly medicated, and they despaired of life itself. And they listened to the voice of the enemy in their ear, they took their lives. Now, I'm not going to get into the theological discussion of what happens to them. I used to be really dogmatic, but I'm no longer. The Lord's shown me every situation is different, but more often than not, the decision they make, they're not in their right mind or the right spirit. But if you hear these thoughts, the first time you hear them, they shock you. First time you hear them, you're smart enough to realize, wait a second, that's not me. That's not God. That's the enemy. But the more you hear them, the more they beat you down, the more things beat you down, you start to listen. That's a mistake. When those voices enter your mind, you literally have to stop and rebuke them. You have to say no. No. 
You have to have the scriptures that I've spoken here and speak them out. I will live and not die and proclaim the glory of the Lord. Your mind and your spirit, man, becomes locked in a struggle. And the flesh and the spirit are warring with one another. And whichever one is stronger, whichever one has been fed more, whichever one has been exercised more, is going to be stronger. These thoughts will tell you that it would be better off if you were dead. Everyone would be better off. Your family, your friends, your associates, everybody would be better if you were gone. People all over the world hear these thoughts every day. I know because they tell it. They, we see it on social media. They share their misery. They, they give their testimonies. But I will tell you unequivocally, these thoughts are not yours. They aren't. And they're not coming from God. His words give life and bring peace. And last week we talked about the Prince of Peace. So there's only one source of these thoughts. And unless you have a history of mental illness, and even then we're in the supernatural spiritual area, I believe, these thoughts are not yours. The God of all creation does not have these thoughts. Thoughts, they're not even in his nature. There's only one creature that thinks and speaks like this. There's only one creation that inspires hopelessness and despair. I know many of you are thinking, oh boy, here he goes again. Well, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, must be a duck. If it acts demonic, it must be demonic. If it acts and feels satanic, it must be from Satan. We as believers, especially those of us born again, filled with the Spirit of the living God, names written in the Lamb's book of life, should be the source of hope and joy. We shouldn't participate in the despair and the hopelessness. But you know, it's interesting, if you watch the news and you see somebody who's done something heinous or uh, lately, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of murder-suicides. Family members will always say this one phrase. This, I, I don't believe it. This is so out of character for them. More and more, they've been controlled by something. They went from being normal one second to being abnormal the next. Something else has taken them over. Something that they never knew existed and don't want to believe in. Am I saying that's an excuse? No. Actions have been taken and acted upon, and those outcomes are disastrous. But what I'm saying to you in this fallen world, there is another influence. And I won't make the excuse because many of these people, like some of the people I know, they gave place to those thoughts. They allowed those thoughts to linger. They didn't run to scripture. They didn't turn on some praise music. They didn't do something to push back. They didn't pick up a phone or an email or a text message and reach out to somebody saying, pray for me right now. 
They let it go. They suffered silently. I'm going to tell you something. It's very, very in-depth. It's very profound. If you open the door to something, it will come in. It'll even close the door behind it. It's so polite. It'll lock that door and keep the key. But I will tell you this much. I know the one who has all the keys. I know the real key master. I know the one who can unlock any lock, who can shatter any chain, whose name is above every name. See, I want you to concentrate on hope. I want you to concentrate on, okay, the door's closed, something came in. Now we're going to get rid of it. We're not going to tolerate it. We're not going to put up with it. We're not going to feed it. And if need be, I'll get some help and we'll thump it out of here. Not going to treat it nice. We lose hope when we take our eyes off of the Lord. We lose hope when we take our eyes off of our Heavenly Father. The one thing about shadows are they appear larger and more frightening the longer we stare at them. So, take your eyes off of the shadows. Take your eyes off of the darkness. Take your eyes off of that problem. Take your eyes off of whatever is right now stealing your joy and your hope. Yeah, I know. Richard, easier said than done. Been there. Been through it. I know what it takes. I've been in places where I've just wanted to quit. Didn't want to do this anymore. Just wanted to lay in a fetal position. Leave me alone. Let me go back to the film industry. I don't want to do this. And get to the place where I've totally given up. And of course what the enemy does, he cannot resist kicking me one more time than he needed to. And of course that wakes me up. And you would wonder two things. Why do I let it happen? And two, why did the Lord let it happen? Well, I learned from it. I learned from the experience. I don't let it happen anymore. But don't kick yourself when you're down. See, don't help the enemy. See, Elijah did that. Elijah had this amazing encounter with the power of God on Mount Carmel in First Kings 19, verses, uh, chapter 18 and 19 calls down fire, consumes the sacrifice, inspires the people to kill 850 false prophets of Baal who served Jezebel. Mini revival takes place on Mount Carmel. Ahab goes home, tells Jezebel everything that Elijah did, kill all your prophets, Jezebel sends this very specific message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me by this time tomorrow if I've not killed you just as you killed them. At this point, Elijah should have sent back a message. Take your threat and shove it. 
I'm going to call down fire on you. But he became afraid. And he fled for his life. And he went into Beersheba, a town in Judah. And he left his servant there. And then he wandered out into the wilderness all alone. Traveled for a day. And then he sat under a solitary juniper tree. Otherwise known as the broom tree. And you know what he prayed? He prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. After this tremendous victory, Elijah wanted to quit. He despaired of life itself. He's in literally his valley of despair. What valley are you in right now? Are you in your own valley of despair? So I've heard it in 33 years of ministry. 30 plus years, you know, I got saved. And there was a short window where I wasn't in ministry. I've heard it from people. Marriages that have been together for years are disintegrating overnight, falling apart at the seams. Although I will tell you it was never sewn together with the Lord. Relationship with a loved one or a friend falls apart over a period of time. Both of you saw a tear, but you didn't mend it. Now it's completely torn and unraveled. Unspoken hurts turn into deep-seated anger and resentment. No matter what it is, we all ask the same question. How did I get here? We become like a ship without an anchor, and we get tossed around the stormy seas by every wind and by every wave. You want to know what happened? There was no anchor holding you in place. I'll tell you what else what happened. You've reached a point where you can't rescue yourself. You can't talk your way out of it. You can't watch enough videos on YouTube to pull yourself out of it. There's nothing left to be said. And like Elijah, you get to your broom tree. See, he wanted to be swept away. Instead, his flesh, his pride, and his ego got swept away. He needed divine intervention. He needed help. We see further on in 1 Kings 19, verse 5, And he laid down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him, told him, Get up and eat. And he looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate, and he drank, and he laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again, touched him, and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. So he got up, and he ate, and he drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel for forty days and forty nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came to a cave where he spent the night. The Lord sent supernatural provision, sent an angel, sent him food. But Elijah still had to get up. Elijah still had to walk. He still had to get to where he was going. He was going to an encounter with God. When we reach rock bottom... He's there for us. We need supernatural help. He gives it to us. We need provision to make the journey. He supplies it. 
and he tells us to keep going. He doesn't carry us. He doesn't make it easy for us. He shows us the way. And we have to choose to get there. Remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians, We don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. 2 Corinthians 1.9, go, go find that scripture. Underline it. Mark it. Learn only to rely on God. I I know I'm sounding militant. And I'm getting a little, I don't want to say agitated. We'll call it fired up. This is Firefall Talk Radio, isn't it? And I just lost all my notes. How did that happen? (laughs) There we are. See, it's bad when you're an Italian and you're talking with your hands and there's technology all around you. You never know what's going to happen. And it did. Hebrews 6, starting with verse 16. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. And God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath, and these two things are unchangeable, for it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is the strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Verse 19, this hope is a strong, trustworthy anchor for our souls. This hope, this confident assurance we have as an anchor of the soul, it cannot slip and it cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. A safe and steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, that most holy place which the very presence of God dwells. The hope of God is inside you, the hope of glory, it's inside you, it gives you access to the Holy of Holies. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. That's why you got to reach out. Lord, put somebody in your mind. Text them, email them, call them. Don't let that moment go. So many times, and this isn't self-exaltation, I'm just giving you real-life examples of it. 
somebody will come to mind and I'll reach out to them. Say, hey, praying for you. So many times somebody will reach back and go, you don't know how badly I needed to hear that right now. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you. And if you don't know what to pray, if you don't know what to say, if you don't know those things, then he will give you a heavenly prayer language. That as you speak it out, it's doing what needs to be done. The scripture says, hold fast. It's the image of an anchor that has locked itself into the bottom of the sea. You need to anchor to something or the storm you're in will take you off course or even worse, overturn the boat. And the interesting thing about anchors and boats and storms is this. You cannot bolt down a boat whether to the sea or to a dock so that it can't ride the waves. If you do that, the boat will break up into pieces. You must secure it, but it has to be just loose enough <clears throat> excuse me, to ride out the storm. So you anchor it to the one thing that you know that will hold. You anchor it to the throne room and to the one who sits on that throne so that the anchor will hold fast and that you'll hold fast. So right now, wherever you are, if you're one of those people going through what I'm talking about, if you're surrounded by darkness, the worst thing you could do is start running in every direction. No, the best thing you could do right now is don't move. Stand still and look for him. Your eyes will acclimate to the darkness, and you'll see him, and you'll find your way out. Be still and know that he is God. Don't listen to the thoughts of despair or of giving up. You may even have to tell your mind to shut up. Take your mind off your circumstances and put them on him. Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. You're starting to see the answer as to where your hope is? Your hope is in God alone. Psalm 62, starting with verse 1. I'm going to do Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2, and then 5 through 8. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. Stop. Time out. Rewind. 
Here's what I want you to do as I read this part. I want you to listen. I want you to receive what I'm saying as a prayer I'm speaking over you. I'm speaking this into your spirit. I'm speaking this into your mind. The word of God does not return void. It does. It accomplishes what he intends it to do. Again, this is Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2, and then 5 through 8. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. My soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Time to empty out the heart. Time to empty out all these thoughts. Time to empty out all the closets and the boxes of the things that you've saved over the years. All the wounds, all the hurts, all the words. All the things done to you that you drag out every now and then to remind yourself of why you're so miserable. Time to empty them all out. Pour them out. Let them go. Stop holding on to these things. People are going to do what people are going to do. You may say, oh, how can somebody do that? Don't they know what I'm going through? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Maybe they care. Maybe they don't. Stop paying attention to what they do. Pay attention to one person, the Lord. Get yourself into the Word. I'll tell you, misery loves company. You get enough miserable people together, they'll make you miserable. They'll start complaining. They'll start telling you about how bad their life is or what's going on. You can do one of two things. You can speak the word to them or you can get up and leave. But I will tell you this much. I don't I don't participate in pity parties. Not because I don't care about you, not because I don't I don't love you in the Lord. But I'm not going to let you speak your words and your misery upon me. But I will tell you to pray. I'll tell you seek the Lord every day. Trust in him every day. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Pour out your heart before him, as it says here in verse 8 of uh, Psalm 62. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on the world's understanding. Lean not on legal understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. If you want hope, you need to go to the one that gives hope. So, Father, I I don't know what else to say. 
I believe I've said what you've wanted me to. Maybe some people are so deep in the darkness of despair. These words don't break through, but you can. You can shine your glory down upon them. You can break that fear off of them. You can break that depression off of them. You can break all those things off of them, natural and supernatural. Heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, be set free. And let the glory of the Lord from heaven itself shine down upon you. And light you up. No more darkness, no more despair, no more hopelessness. We have the hope of glory inside of us. We have the one who gave us hope. We have the one that we hope in. We have the one that we hope to see again. We have the hope of spending eternity with him. We have the hope of the four square city coming down. We have the hope of reigning and ruling with him for all of eternity in bodies that don't break down, don't age, don't get sick. The lion lays down with the lamb. I'm going to lay down in the middle of them. That's hope. All Satan wants to do is tear you down. And I'm going to give you one more hope, and I don't say this in arrogance. I hope to be able to see him wrapped up in chains and put in prison so that Scripture can be fulfilled. And we could look at him and say, Is this the one? Is this the one that destroyed the nations? Is this the one that did all this? My hope is in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My hope is in my Abba Father. So Lord, shine down your glory upon us right now. Heal us, deliver us, set us free, and let us take this hope as a beacon out there into this darkness and set the captives free. I pray all these things. In Yeshua's name, amen. Where is your hope? Your hope is in the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grunt. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.